0: Let's face it, running a construction company can be chaotic. As business owners, we wear a lot of hats, and we're constantly putting out fires. Luckily, there's a way to work simpler with Build-A-Trend. I'm a huge advocate for using technology to help run AFT, and Build-A-Trend is one of the most crucial tools I rely on to keep me on top of every detail. Built just for home builders and remodelers, this is an easy-to-use platform that helps manage all aspects of my business. My team's been using Build-A-Trend's project management platform for the last five years, and we love that they're always improving and adding new features to make our lives easier. This is something that we've really tried to take on internally to find ways to improve our system every day. Build-A-Trend just released a full set of financial services, added new tools like Takeoff to make estimates more accurate, and launched a total rebrand with a new mission to help change the future of construction, and we are on board. To learn more about how Build-A-Trend can help calm the chaos in your construction business, visit buildatrend.com backslash AFT. When you schedule a demo, you'll receive an exclusive 60-day money-back guarantee only available to my podcast listeners. I'm following Build-A-Trend into the future in construction. Come on board with us. We are super excited to announce that we have our fourth contractor coalition summit happening in Austin, Texas this fall. Come out and visit with us on September 14th. Conference will end on Sunday, September 17th. We're going to have an amazing collection of builders all throughout the country. Some amazing vendors will be there in support. We're also going to have a session on construction instruction with Mark La Liberté, which is going to be part of the summit. Just amazing content, networking, ways that all of us can enhance our brand, our product, and especially our organization looking down to the very core of who we are as builders and how we're operating to make sure that we're operating at the highest level. The camaraderie and the knowledge share between all the builders, the teachers that come to instruct are super valuable. So make sure you sign up for the Contractor Coalition Summit. Again, whether you're a new company just starting out in your first couple of weeks of business or you're a seasoned company, there's going to be plenty of information, super valuable to attend. So we'll see you in Austin.
1: When you're organized, when you're clear on what you want and you're organized enough to go and get it, that's that's where the challenges come in if you don't have those things and that's why you have stress that's why you don't have time that's why you're not profitable
0: so welcome to the podcast today we have khalil and i'm gonna take a stab at this last name i know you know in fairness khalil said you don't even have to say it but ben ali ulhaj right you got it man (laughs) Man, you're a quick (laughs) learner no it's a little tough one but i think more importantly I, i i'm super excited to have you on especially as we were introduced um, Khalil, and and just for a little frame of reference, he is not only a co-host of a fellow podcast, which is the Cashflow Contractor, but also founder of Benali, which is a consultant you know agency for contractors. So, essentially, exactly what all of us contractors you know who listen to our podcast and you know fellow consultants in the design build industry want to learn about how to better market their business, run their business, and all things you're going to be speaking about today. So, um, you know, I think it's pretty. I, I think that sums it up essentially, Khalil. So,
1: It does. Great job. I appreciate it. It's, uh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here.
0: So maybe we start with this, you know, fellow podcaster, you know, cash flow contractor. I, I, I know that's the title of the podcast, but you also speak about, you know, you, essentially you're an agency for contractors. What is the cash flow contractor?
1: Yeah, the cash flow contractor. So me and my co-host, Martin Holland, I've uh, been working with contractors myself for about seven years, him for, I mean, he's in his seventies now, so quite a while. Uh, but we had, you know, we wanted to get a podcast going and we thought about, and what is, what is it that we all want as business owners at the end of the day, when we're overwhelmed, you know, when we think about our business, we really want less stress, more time, more money and more time, meaning more free time, more time to focus on what we want to focus on. So that's kind of the essence of what we try to help contractors achieve through our podcast. We talk about topics and bring on guests that will ultimately help contractors. Have less stress, more time, and more money in their lives and in their business. So, yeah, it's a great show. I, I know you've been at this for a while. I was poking around your YouTube channel, and and I, I understand it's a it's a grind, but you you <laughs> kept at it. I love it, and uh, we're not. I think you know you're a little bit ahead of us in terms of episodes, but uh, we've we've been doing this for about three years as well. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm coming up. I'm four year anniversary, and I noticed on your episode, you're not you're not far behind that. And it's interesting because when you speak about the consistency, um, that's probably a huge part. I think for you, Khalil, I, I could imagine what's what's you know aligned with you and your success, and especially the success of the show. Consistency is tough, and what's interesting is when you speak about what you're trying to do for contractor when you think about balance and time and profitability yeah. uh i think most people listen to be like kind of oxymoron for contractors right to say we could be profitable and have time um with all the challenges we have as builders you know what are you seeing as a common theme that most builders are struggling with
1: well you know those those three things really do summarize it in, in many ways but a lot of times man i think it really boils down to organization I mean when you're when you're organized when you're clear on what you want and you're organized enough to go and get it that's that's where the challenges come in if you don't have those things and that's why you have stress that's why you don't have time that's why you're not profitable um and you can't you're running up against so many obstacles is because the organization of your business is just struggling a little bit and you know it's it's no wonder why it is that way because you know if i'm going to be a brain surgeon I'm gonna to go to university for four years, then I'm gonna get into middle school, then I'm gonna do my fellowship, all to learn really how to do three or four different surgeries on the brain. And that's what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. But I go and I start a business because I've been working as a construction professional for 10 years and I say, you know what, I'm gonna go out on my own. Well, overnight, now I've, I could go and get 10 different degrees in business, whether it was accounting or finance or uh, management whatever it is, and still not be equipped to run my business the way it is. There are just never-ending fires to put out. And I think that's why it's so difficult uh, to be organized in your business because you don't know how to deal with the people problems and you don't know how to deal with the accounting issues and you don't know how to read books and you don't know how to set up the technology inside your company. It's just never-ending the list of things that you have to do. So. I, I would say that it boils down to staying organized and really i think the one thing that i think you know, a habit that someone can have as a as a professional in the construction industry as a business owner in the construction industry is to fire yourself uh just the simple concept of of finding someone that can take over the responsibilities that you have that you trust and that's not necessarily just abdicating and just you know hey go and do this for me <laughs> but learning enough to to be dangerous yourself in something and then firing yourself from that position and finding someone who can really be an expert at it and do it for you. Whether that's having an employee full-time or that's finding a really trusted outsource partner that can do it for you. Um, so so really the biggest challenge I see people have is not being organized and that comes from trying to do everything themselves. Um, I mean, what what is the, the stereotype of a contractor? Just someone who doesn't communicate well, someone that you can't get in touch with and that's because they're not organized most of the time.
0: It's, it's really valuable insight. I mean, as you're speaking about the Clio, it, you know, I've seen our business change, right? Last 11 years that we've been in business, my company. Um, and Again, these are topics that I wish I knew sooner on. When you talk about fire yourself, I think it's a really interesting concept because essentially there's, and you broke it down because it's really easy, I think, for some people to say, well, just hire someone who could do it better, you know, could be efficient, they could take that off your plate. But then you're thinking about costs and overhead, and as your company's growing, there's some variables there. But you made a comment, you said, well, you, you can hire that out too. And so let's take the financial aspect that it's really important to understand the financial health and how you monitor your business and how you're billing and cash flow and all these things that go into it. And yeah, depending on the size of your company, you could maybe be in a position where you can hire your own accounting team, your own controller, your own CFO, whatever it may be, or you can find a fractional CFO. I've had guests on their fractional CFO. And so essentially you can hire a same level of sophistication but essentially by doing this, it's going to help with some of the overhead, but you're having the consulting side of it, which is something you offer Clio. But more importantly, again, that time back and now that time can lead to efficiencies and personal time or, you know, essentially focusing on the business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. More time to work on the business rather than just in it.
0: So when, when you're seeing small companies, because I think what's pretty tough, it, it, it's, it's a low barrier to entry, as you mentioned, in construction. So unlike law school or, you know, medical school, you're gonna be going to school in your profession. And they in fairness, you know, still I know some doctors is still challenged with running their, you know, their office. And yeah, running the clinic. Yeah. Yeah, because the reality is you're in school for your specialty and now you gotta figure out all the business admin side of it, the customer service that you're mentioning, the bedside right. manner, all these things. Regardless, they've been in school long enough. There's probably some other resources they've had. For us as contractors, you come in low hanging fruit um, you know, low barrier to entry. What are, do you tend to see certain cares that people are, are subbing out? You know, we talked about accounting, other things people may or may not think of that they could maybe sub out or hire to alleviate some of that time, especially as they're just beginning and may not have the overhead to just hire these positions.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've seen have, oh, my friend does this or my niece helps me with my social media or whatever it is. And that's great. (laughs) I mean, ultimately you should be, when you get started, get work, do it really well. Make sure you're making a profit on that work, but go and get some work, right? But ultimately I think probably some of the most common things that I see outsourced are insurance and accounting first and foremost, because they just, they don't know how to do it. They, They go and they find an insurance agent who can help them with, Getting insurance on their business, their vehicles, their equipment, maybe uh, anything like that. They also find a tax account to do their taxes. But, you know, they really, if you can find someone to do your books and do it really well, that can help you make so much, you know, some of the most important decisions you'll make day to day in your business. Someone who can help you understand if you're actually profitable, if you're actually going to make money on this job that you bid and you're so excited because it's the biggest job you'll ever do, but you're actually losing money on. You know, those are the things that I think are really valuable, having a great bookkeeper. I think having a business coach can be extremely helpful when you're getting started out as well. Just someone who understands the landscape, knows the lay of the land. Um, You know, the analogy that I love is finding someone who has gone up the mountain and come back down and takes people up the mountain all the time. If you're going to go and climb Everest, you're not going alone. You're going to find a Sherpa and they're not going to climb for you. Right. You still got to take the hard steps, but they're going to know when the path looks good, when it doesn't, um, and how to get there, when you need to take breaks, when you need to eat, sleep, et cetera, et cetera. So having a business coach is a hugely valuable thing that you're essentially outsourcing the guiding part of your business. And it's not really fully outsourcing, it's someone helping to carry you along. Um, I think from a marketing perspective, I do see a lot of ad agencies take over, you know, a lot of uh, pay-per-click campaigns, maybe social media, things like that. And I think that can be valuable to an extent. Um, I think at a certain level, though, if you're going to be authentic to who you are and you really want to have good customers, you've got to be involved in the marketing at, at a certain capacity. Um, yeah, lots of different outsourcing things that uh, that, that are out there. But ultimately, um, I think I'm trying to think specific for construction rather than just general business. I think you know, for a lot of people, they're trying to do everything themselves, and even on the construction side and the reality is like just talking to a, a cabinet shop the other day and they've 100% outsourced their installation process it was it was always the bottleneck for them it was always the biggest headache and it was what was causing them to lose money on the job and they were you know they've gotten rid of so many different errors in their installation process and customer complaints and so many different challenges they've had internally are just gone because they've outsourced installation they still fabricate the co- the cabinets. They still do the design. Um, they do, do everything on the project besides the install. And it's, it's been great for them. So don't feel like you have to do everything yourself, right? Um, you know, I, I think something that we do want to talk about today is even just culture. And I think that's one of the things that you need to work on your business for. And that's one thing that you can't outsource. You can't outsource your culture, right? And I think one of the biggest challenges I, I see that, you know, with staying organized uh, in someone's business is that they haven't really instilled a culture that is organized. They haven't been diligent about putting the time into thinking about their vision for their business and what the mission is that they're trying to accomplish. Um, they haven't really solidified the values that they wanna inhabit inside of their their company. And that's something that you, you you're never gonna be able to outsource and so focus on those things that by outsourcing you can effectively focus on the internal things that you can't outsource, right? And and one of those things is absolutely culture and just leading your team.
0: It's genius. And I was just making some notes here, Khalil, as you were mentioning, um, you know, the accounting thing we touched on, and I think what's really important is all of these items come with an investment. And you think about any of us, if you're going to college, you're investing in yourself, right? For the potential that, you know, that investment is going to carry on to an opportunity door will open and so forth. And so yeah, some of us may have student loan debt, right? You, you, in, in all aspects, you may take a loss leader as a business owner, but again, you're investing in yourself and company because it could be the right neighborhood or the right opportunity and you're going to catapult that, right? You build on that. Um, but what's interesting that I don't think I realized early enough in my career, what you're speaking about now, is that when you talk about the early on business coach or a really high end, you know, some expert that's, uh, you know, going to understand the financial of your business, not only from the day to day, Billings, you know, financial health of the company. But you said something that's really interesting. You know, you talked about the cabinet company and really a lot of us could spend a lot of time on an aspect of our business or maybe even a scope of work we perform that's not profitable. And it takes a lot of our time and resources. And if someone's analyzing that and really understands and the Sherpa example is really good because I'm obsessed about Everest. I've seen like all those documentaries, um. but yeah. And so where that really relates is that you have someone that's climbed this mountain multiple times and it's dangerous, right? People die on the mountain. It's, there's a lot of complexities to anyone that knows anything about Everest. And again, I'm fascinated with it. Um, life circumstances never let me pursue the opportunity, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I digress, but the, the reality is you have a Sherpa that, that knows the pitfalls and, and, yeah. and that's really what the business consultant is because early on there's mistakes I've made in my career. There's mistakes all of us make that had we had someone that Sherpa alongside, We could have avoided those or maybe even changed our focus a little bit so that we're now heading down the right direction, the right path that, you know, we can now um, expedite that growth. We can expedite that opportunity and really grow at a faster, more healthy level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's not that the business coach or the consultant is going to, you know, make sure that you get to the top without any issues. Like there could be an avalanche. There could be muscle cramps that you have while you're climbing the mountain there's so many things that come up that you just can't predict right uh but at least having someone that understands those challenges and knows how to navigate them is because they're going to come up in your business right someone's going to quit in the middle of a job you're going to have a workers comp claim filed on you that you're really nervous about there's gonna i mean customers are gonna leave you a bad review there's just so many things that are going to come up that you're going to be thinking are the end of the world and to have someone that says, oh, wait, no, I've been through that before, I, you know, I've seen this is so helpful because it becomes, rather than unchartered territory, it becomes territory that you can charter together.
0: What's interesting is going back to the market aspect, you talked about that, um, you know, some of us may have a friend or someone does social media, but but you, you said that even if you're outsourcing that, or even if you're working with an agency, or even if you're working with, you know, a friend or family or, print, whatever it is, You said, you should still have involvement. And that's one of the things you definitely want to be involved. Maybe, maybe touch yeah. on that. Cause I know marketing is a, you have a lot of expertise in this realm, yeah. you know, the value of marketing and why it is important that even if you have experts behind the scenes, you know, why the owner themselves should be involved.
1: Yeah. well, And, and you do a great job of this, right? I think it, it just really brings a face to the brand. Not at the same time, you don't want to be the only face of your brand. That's when you can't sell your business because it's really just you. Um, That's when you can't do anybody else. Nobody else can really step into marketing because it's just you and people aren't buying your service, your product, they're buying you, which is, you know, you can get rich that way and and you can have a lot of fun that way. You can do meaningful things that way. So uh, that's fine to be the face of the company, but you also want to have systems in place to be able to do things without you, right? To be able to market through the rest of your team, through your employees, but ultimately you wanna be involved because if you just are outsourcing it to an agency, you've really outsourced your first interaction with a customer, right? The first interaction that someone has with you when it's clicking on an ad, when it's visiting your uh, you know, your website or seeing a post on social media, the first interaction they're having is with someone who really doesn't understand the ins and outs of your business and what you're offering, right? Now there's agencies that can do a fantastic job at getting your message across really clearly, but really you should be at the, you should be really focused on your message as a business. And when you're focused on it, and you are very clear on on what you do for people, how you help them, we can even divert here a little bit uh, to the heart of the messaging. But when you're really honed in on your message and you have extreme clarity on it, and then you've given that clarity to your team, and then all of your, and then you've communicated that through your social channels, through your website, through your ads, now everyone's really clear on your message because it's coming directly from you and you're gonna be able to be much more effective so that when someone calls the phone, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've worked with people that they're getting calls about offers that they didn't even know were out there or, you know, they're, they're getting people saying, oh, I, I love seeing that on social media. And like, what are we talking about, right? Uh, you want to be connected to your brand. So, um, in terms of messaging, I'll, I'll go down that direction. Are you
0: familiar with story brand? brand I, 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 what's interesting is I actually am a little bit. And, and so, um, okay. again, I'm not an expert, but I, I, I would imagine most of our listeners aren't. So I do want to, I want to have you explain this when you talk about the hero and the villain and really yeah. how you want to present that and who that is. And so story brand is something that I've become obsessed with the last three months. And so, but okay, again, yeah, walk us through that. Man, it is one of the
1: most powerful messaging tools—not uh, just for marketing your company, but you know, i, I just used it for hiring a, an executive assistant, and I, we can go down that maybe later. But basically, the the entire process of the story brand is—it's uh, written by an author who wrote a book called Blue Like Jazz. That's a really great book. It has nothing to do with business, but he was an author, and then he started realizing that, oh wow, like I'm telling a story here. Brands need to be telling stories. They need a story that really resonates with people, that can become a bestseller. And the problem with brands is that they try to be the hero in the story. And the hero in the story always has problems. The hero in the story, a lot of times, has no idea what to do and isn't disciplined or you know, has some pitfall. And in a story, you really want to be the guide, not the hero. Your customer is the hero. And if you think about it, our customers... Every single day, are in their head. They have their own goals, they have their own objectives, and they have obstacles and challenges and needs and desires and dreams. That's what they're thinking about every day. They're not thinking about our brands. What we can do as a brand, as a company, is join their story. They're the hero. And you know, if you go down the the process of the brand script, there's a there's a character, our customers, and we understand who that character is. And then they have a problem, and then. They face this problem and then they finally meet a guide. If you're Luke Skywalker, you meet Yoda, right? And then when they meet their, the guide, the guide gives them a plan and then he, the, the guide calls them to action, says you can do this, right? And then they take action so that they can achieve success and then they avoid failure. And throughout that process, they're transformed into the hero that we've always wanted them to be. That's the, the script of every single movie well, we should be doing that for our customers. We have customers out there who have problems or they have opportunities ahead of them. And we can be that guide who gives them a plan and calls them to action so that they can achieve success, avoid failure, and be transformed into who they want to be. Right. And that's the, the problem with messaging for most companies is that that's not how they approach it. They're approaching it and, and they're thinking, oh, we've been in business for 70 years, work with us. <laughs> that's not really giving me a reason. That's not helping me solve my problems. It's you're talking about you. Oh, we offer the best service. We are an honest team. We communicate better than anyone, and that's those are good things. I'm not saying they're bad, but that's just not at the top of your customers' minds. Your customer wants to know how I can get, you know, my my sink fixed. How I can, you know, add it add on to my home. Whatever it is that you're doing in the construction trade, your customers have problems and opportunities out of them. You want to join as that guide, not the hero.
0: I, I love that you share that because so many of us, um, I, I could tell you early on, not understanding the guide in the hero context there. And essentially this goes back to the Sherpa analogy, right? Like you want to be the guide carrying through and essentially with your clients the same way. So, so many of us try to be the hero, but as you mentioned, any story which all of us can relate to, the is having issues and problems. You don't want to be, don't want to have an issues. You know, if I'm the builder of choice, I don't want to be saying I have these issues. You want to, the client's a hero, you're the guide, walk them through this maybe speak to the villain. Who is the villain? You know, as people start thinking about these different players, how can they start building that story brand to now solve and create the client as the hero?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So every story has a good villain, right? Darth Vader or uh, Mufasa or what, whatever <laughs> it is, right? Or Scar, not Mufasa. Yeah. Uh, anyways, there's there's always a villain in a story and that's always part of it. There's and The villain isn't always a character per se, right? Um, especially as you're, dealing with, uh, you know, customers, they don't necessarily have a neighbor who's their enemy that they're trying to look better than when they build their house or whatever. Maybe that is the case. There's a real person out there, but a lot of times it's wasted time or it's, um, you know, poor management or it's, uh, you know, something that doesn't work in the house, like just a a bad process. Um, You know, like, for example, Uber would say that the villain is waiting on a ride, Right so now as uber you don't have to wait on a ride we come to you right or having to having to walk to the bus station would be the villain right that long walk and so figuring it out figuring out what your customer is trying to avoid and the pains that they have in your life and identifying those really clearly as villains understanding that can really change the way you market to customers because now when you're on your when someone visits your website you're not talking about how long you've been in business or these, you know, imaginary or invisible words like integrity and honesty and timely. Now you can really identify the pains and you can address those head on. And now the villain is on your website, but then you also have what could be, how you can help them overcome that villain, right? And it's just a different way of approaching your marketing. And it's not just on your marketing. It's also, you can use this, we talked about, you know, vision and values you can use it for your vision for your company and getting to recruit people. Now, if you're talking from a story brand brand script, not just to your customers, but to your future employees and your team, you're getting them involved in a story. And stories are powerful. When you have a narrative behind you, it causes you to feel energized and to have purpose and to be motivated in what you're doing. And people want to work for companies that have clarity around what they're trying to do, what their mission is. And so when you can build out, you know, something that we do for a lot of companies is that we'll build out brand scripts for so many different things that do a brand script is really just a process of doing the story brand methodology of nailing down that messaging of who we are, uh, as a guide, what plan we have that we can call people to action, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we build out that story through a brand script. And we do it for things like their overall company. We do it for specific services they offer. We do it for roles that they're hiring. In. Um, Anytime we're thinking about doing something uh, as an initiative, like hiring someone or implementing a new process or whatever it is, doing a brand script for it really gets us clear on why we're doing it, how we're going to do it, and making it in a way that we can communicate it effectively to the team and get buy-in. So uh, it's a really powerful thing. And and understanding your villains and the villains of your customers will really change the way that you approach talking to them about uh, your company and the work you do.
0: This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relations with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to to take it from the ground up all the way to completion and if we didn't have partners such as Pella there's no way we'd be who we are today over the years we've built this amazing relationship when we call them or email them they respond they're quick their their company culture their integrity their honesty you know they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer they can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects and also when you think about their product line they can do ultra contemporary historical preservation and Large traditional projects. So, for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So, if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you wanna learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes, we'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. It's interesting bring this up because as I apply that to us, right, we understand the pain points of our customer and if we can solve those, essentially that's really how you're gonna build your brand and you know what's gonna attract clientele to you. You mentioned early on that with story branding, you use that to hire an executive assistant. Yeah. And this kind of ties back to company culture hiring. It's one thing to take the story branding to how we're setting apart our business and marketing that to the public, right. And potential customer internalizing it internally for company culture and hiring a position. How, you know, how did you correlate those or make that messaging important to make sure you had the right person?
1: Well, you know, I think a lot of times as the business owner, we're the guide, right? We're the one that um, needs to lead the team and, and get us to achieve success. But, you know, sometimes we do need to be the hero that has pitfalls, that has challenges and need someone to come alongside them and give them a plan. And so as an when you're looking for an executive assistant um, or someone that's going to be really close to you, you got to realize that really they're going to be the guide more or less. Like they need to be telling you, hey, you said you wanted to do this. Let's do it. Right. Like holding me accountable to be on time to meetings, to get things done that I said I wanted to get done to, you know get, get responses back quickly. That's what an executive assistant's for. And so with that position, I actually put myself as the hero that has a big problem and <laughs> <I laughs> someone to come alongside. Now, obviously I've got to direct them more or less about this is what I want to accomplish, all that kind of stuff. But by bringing in that, um, like flipping that script a little bit and making myself the, the one that had a problem, uh, it really helped gain clarity for myself on what I really needed. Like a lot of times I think, the, the challenges of, of hiring are that we, we hire someone, but we don't give them a lot of direction. And we just, and we actually don't have systems in place to train them on. And so we end up getting upset with them because they're not doing enough or it's not as good as I can do it or whatever it is. And I think I've actually been through an executive assistant before and the challenges that I had, I knew were my challenges, not necessarily that person's. They were very good and effective and, and did great work. It's just that I wasn't prepared to have someone be my assistant and I wasn't, I didn't have the systems in place for teaching them how to write emails the way I do and not that they're going to send them, but I'm going to review them. Well, for a while there, I was just reviewing emails and rewriting them and, uh, I would create agendas for, for meetings with clients and then I'd have to, I was having them do that and I would have to redo it myself. So ultimately, I, I realized that I had the problem that I needed some accountability from my executive assistant, just getting the things done. Not that they needed to actually do it. Um, so, anyways, long story short, I think just understanding whenever you are hiring uh, that there is a purpose for that role and having a real clear purpose on it, and knowing what the plan is for that role, and and helping see why this role is going to transform us from of you know avoiding failure and achieving success is is really valuable. And I think the brand scripts do that uh, in in a really clear way.
0: It's interesting, the retrospective analysis you gave, you know, as you internalize this for you, Khalil, and you're thinking about, well, the first time maybe I wasn't ready, but now I'm very clear and understand my expectations. It's funny how, and, and, and the other analogy I could give is that, you know, as a builder, I feel that we become numb. One of the issues that I know I have or my team has is, on a day-to-day basis, we understand the complexity of building a home, right? That's what we yeah. do. We're living it. Um, we understand that not every day someone's going to be on site. It's not the end of the world. You know, you're kind of formulating this. There's, But a client, you know, our hero, you know, these problems that come up, have yeah. no idea yeah. what's in front of them, the road ahead, you know, us as the guide. And if we're not setting realistic expectations, or as you mentioned, if if I want to hold you accountable to the clue on this is marriage, this is life, this is family, you know client relationships. This is employee relationships. If you don't have a clear expectation of what I want you to do, like, how are you going to perform? How could I get upset with you? And you know, thinking you're going to be my read my mind. You're not a mind reader. And as a builder, I know anyone that's built their own home, you're going to be building your own home and be like, oh, I forgot that you're going through this emotion. I forgot that you're going to be dealing with this issue or this bust. And so it helps you on the flip side to say, okay, how can I make this client experience a lot better because I'm living through it myself and probably similar to you that now, Hey, I'm putting myself as the client. I'm hiring executive assistant. If I'm very clear now, the person you're going to bring in not only understands what you expect of them, but I can only imagine that has an impact on company culture too, because they now understand clearly what you want.
1: They understand what you want. They understand the direction. They understand what transformation looks like. They understand what success looks like and what failure looks like. Like, just even defining what success is and what failure is is something that not enough of us not enough companies do when it comes to hiring like when you think of you're bringing this person have you defined what success looks like for that role and then even more importantly have you defined what failure looks like for that role because if that if you're you know dealing with a lot of turnover in your company have you defined what failure really is for for a role because if you if you do that now you're it's really clear when you should make a decision around promoting, around firing, Um, and and those things are happening every single day in companies and it's just going off of a hunch or a gut feeling. Gut feelings are great. Our instincts are important, but at the same time, let's have something that's really clear for the individual as well. That's not just a gut feeling. That's, hey, remember whenever we hired you, we said that this would be failure? Well, this is what's happening, so we're going to let you go, right?
0: Well, I think what's really hard as a business owner is there's steps here to understand marketing strategy. There's steps to the story brand and there's steps to expectations and systems and directives. Um, Leading your team though can be really challenging. That's, you know, some people are innate. They're good leaders. You know, it's funny. I'm a big sports guy and um, you know, so uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson or right. uh, Why am I having a brain lapse? Who's the coach of the Cowboys right in the, in the nineties. Yeah. And, um, he, he said, leadership's different. Some people are really quiet. Some people are really loud. Um, but you know, a leader when you see it, right. And on the football field, you know, people are different leaders. And so how, what do you recommend for someone trying to lead a team? Because that's where even outside these common practices, other, you know, points of advice that you'd have.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I like to coach soccer in the Springs at a high school, um, that I volunteer at and it's, it's always a blast. And I think, if i had to boil down uh leadership into a couple things it would be uh walking the walk like you gotta you've got to really live out the values that you want to see in others so if you want people to show up on time you need to show up on time if you want people to just be upfront in their communication then you need to be upfront. so walk the walk but then put in the time like the currency of leadership is time and if you're not willing to invest time in the individuals on your team to, into your direct reports, then you're not just going to see culture be, you know, w- wonderful and lovely and perfect at your company. It's just not going to happen if you don't put that time in. And what does time look like? It means when the, we're starting the day that you show up and you have a conversation with someone, it means that you have rhythms inside of your your week to week where you have different touch points with each person on the team that is reporting to you or that has, has it a relationship with you at some capacity at work. It means putting in time to things that aren't just about the bottom line or about business, but about family, about things that matter to all your employees, because we all have lives outside of work. And if you're not putting in that time and you're not walking the walk, how can you expect people to care about you, to care about your business? I mean, you're trusting these people with your livelihood as the business owner. Like this is your baby and you should care about their babies. You should care about the things that they care about. And when you do that and you put that time in and you show them that you care and then you walk the walk, you can start to build a culture around those things. Uh, if you're clear about what you want that walk to look like and then you do it yourself and you, and you don't even, you don't just communicate it through words and through an employee handbook and through posters on the wall, but also they see it on you wearing those values every single day and then you also care enough to give them the time that they deserve as an employee of your company, as a human being, then they're gonna have more buy-in. They're gonna feel like, oh, wow, that's, I wanna be like my boss. I wanna, I wanna live those values. Or, and I see what we're trying to do here. I, I really enjoy being around our company. So anyways, it's, it's, it's not having ping pong tables and cookouts all the time, all those things, you know, having, having a cookout is great with the family, invite everybody, that's great but that's not gonna solve your culture problem. It's the day-to-day interactions. It's the way that you carry yourself in that office and on the job site every single day that really builds the culture.
0: Yeah, essentially, I mean, those are enhancers, right? I mean, these these little things enhancer, the icing on the cake, but the base, as you mentioned, you said a quote that I know I have to say again, cause you said currency, um, cur- the currency of leadership is time. I wanted yeah. to say that, right? That's exactly what you said. And I've never heard it said in that context, but I think that's the reality of any human interaction, right? I mean, why do I care about what you know until I know about how much you care, right? I mean, there's so many analogies to exactly. the time, but, and, and what's interesting is, you know, David Kohler with Kohler I, I know that for him, you know, he stepping into the company, he could have... You know come into leadership role and he was working as a plumber right he had to work his way up to understand all the aspects of the business and and you see that that you know some of these really good companies i know g g e um general electric right when you go into the finance division you know they're going to send you into for two years you know four different aspects of the financial side of the business for six months and you go through this extensive training and and part of it's really understand what you're good at part of it's center really understand what you're you know Really, what you're going to be excited about doing every day, but but the reality is, us as leaders and managers, if we understand the nuances and the challenges that each of our employees are dealing with, if we've been there, if we're given the time commitment, and we're accessible to them, uh, to your point, that's the currency, right? That's going to lead to good company culture.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it it can't all it can't always just be on you too. Like if we're going to have a strong pyramid, um, you know, I don't know if you know the inverted pyramid for servant leadership, but regardless, if you're gonna have a, a really good foundation and you are that foundation, you've also got to have really good framing. And that framing is your middle managers, the your your leadership team that's right below you, uh, your foreman on the team. You've got to train them how to put that time in as well. Cause it can't just be coming from you. At a certain point when you grow and you've you know got dozens of employees, it, it can't be you, right? That's gonna to be too much. You're not you're not you don't have that time. And the currency is time and you don't have it so you can't lead those people you've got to lead the people that are closest to you and then you've got to show them and coach them how to lead their the people that are underneath them uh, and so it, it, the house doesn't stand without that you, you've really got to trade the people on your team to do that as well
0: it's funny because i was just speaking about this this week in Kalu, which is perfect timing so what's <laughs> in a, as as any company grows to your point, you're going to have um, you as the leader of the company. Your, your time is focused on other aspects of the business. And and that's going to evolve, right? As the company grows and you have more people in the pyramid. And having a strong leadership team in the different departments is super valuable because they can essentially be the currency when you can't be, right? At, at all yep. points. What's really hard, though, is when you're a small company, there's still, you know, everyone's calling the president. They're calling you all the time. And you're answering the questions. You're solving them for them. And it's that handoff of the baton to say, okay, well now you got to go through middle manager. Now you have to go through my director. Now you have to go through whoever. And it's not that they're bad, it's just that retraining. And what's interesting, I was speaking to Justin Newman, who's a friend of mine, and he's an executive of a big commercial company. And a technique that he had, he said, look, you know, I was kind of solving everything. And we had a new VP, right? That was under me. And, And the same thing was still happening where, you know, not lower level, but essentially super intense. And other people were calling them just on some questions. And his response was always like, that's a really good question. Have you spoken to Heather about that? You know, who's, who's the new VP and always out of habit. They're like, yeah, you're right. I should be speaking to Heather. Why am I calling you? And so part of that from a leadership side is also training those to say, Hey, given authority to those you put in command, honoring that, not overstepping that, and saying, "Hey, have you spoken to so and so?" And then that way, they're also understanding what that leadership pyramid looks like internally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you've got to train that behavior. I think, you know, I think of it in terms of two sides. You know, you've got the behavioral side where people have to be accustomed to speaking to Heather when it's appropriate, right? But then you've also, you know, for me personally, I fall back to my systems and to what I call rhythms in life. Like I I know that if I'm, when I'm starting my day, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look at my calendar. And if it's not on the calendar, it's likely gonna be forgotten like that. I'm just, I'm religious about it, right? Same thing, like if if you want people to, to have connection, to spend time together, to uh, work together and be led by one another, you've gotta have rhythms in place that encourage the behaviors that you wanna see embodied. And so if you can put some rhythms in place inside your company that create those connections for for those times of collaboration, then you're going to have a much more successful, uh, you know, process of them being becoming, of people becoming leaders. And so that just means, you know, like I've, I've, I've since downsized, but I I used to have a team of 12, it's not massive. And uh, within our team of 12, you know, I would have one-on-ones with my directors, and we had a one-on-one every single week, and I would say about 25% of the time we talked about work. It was only a 30-minute meeting, but the rest of the time, it's really about just investing them as people, about their careers, about what skills they're trying to learn, about the problems they're having as they lead others. And then we would always have a team meeting once a week. And that team meeting would be 30 minutes, and it would be everybody together, and it would just be having fun. It would be talk, telling stories, telling our wins from the week, whether it was professional or personal, or and then telling our mistakes from the week. Where did we mess up? And then through that experience, everyone gets to be a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more connected and a little bit more like, they feel like, man, we're in this together. Like, oh wow, boss said he had a mistake. Wow, he's not superhuman, you know? But I think if you can have those rhythms in place, you know, sometimes we like to wait for the water cooler talk or whatever it is, but I mean, that's as simple as just having a daily standup with your, your small team as a foreman. Yeah, I've got four guys underneath me as a foreman. We do a daily stand-up where we go through our checklist. But then we also just check in and see if they, you know, caught the Monday Night Football game and, you know, all that kind of stuff that happened. But it's it's intentional time where we have a rhythm where we're going to be connected. We know it's going to happen, and it just allows us to build that culture really easily. And we know it's happening, not leaving it up to chance.
0: Yeah, I love that. There's so much more strategy behind it. to To move this a little bit to the to the website aspect, which I know you have a lot of expertise in. Um, yeah, people. websites are all over, right? And even if you have good social media, even if you have a good Instagram or YouTube, there's so much value in the website that is really important to people when you spend time. Um, maybe touch upon the importance of having a website, why some convert, some don't, you know, just why, how that could be the backbone, despite any success someone may have on social media.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll just run through some really quick tips for people, for contractors specifically that have websites. Ultimately people are coming to your website because they want to see that you're credible. They want to see the kind of work that you're doing. And then they want to get in touch with you. They may be interested in pricing depending on what kind of contractor you are, but some of them are also going to understand that it's going to require a conversation before they can get pricing. Um, there's several ways that you can answer those questions, but ultimately you need to have a website that makes people feel comfortable working with you. So if they start seeing stuff that's out of date, if they start seeing stuff that's you know not really working very well and on from mobile to desktop, already they've kind of written you off um, or they're just relying on someone else's word better than their own uh, judgment because you were referred or whatever it is. So on a website that converts, it's really straightforward. It's speaking directly to the customer, just like the brand script that we talked about earlier and using language that helps them identify their problem and see you as a solution. Um, and then it's providing them an opportunity to take action with you right calls to action where that's either call fill out a form how can i get in touch how can i move forward right you also probably want to give a plan of some sort kind of like the story brand brand script of hey you call us and we have a you schedule your design appointment with us we we come back with designs for you to approve after that we order the materials and get to work something as simple as that, but try to make it really simple. You don't want to have some 20 step process of what it's like to work with you because then for the, even though it may be that long internally for the customer, 20 steps feels like a lot. Let's just make it one, two, three, right? Um, then really, I think the the problem with a lot of contractors and their website that I see is, you know, they, they think that maybe SEO is the most important thing. And in, in terms of a local business, I'm um, being, showing up on Google, my business, that is really important. Um, but they start writing all these blog articles and they start posting all this content on their website. And they have this mentality of like, if you build it, they will come. And the problem is that no one's spending time on your website. Like that's just the reality of it. Like they they're logging into Facebook every day or they're logging into TikTok or Twitter, Instagram, that's where they go and they spend time. And so with a website, you want to have enough for your website to convert. Meaning this, here's how you can work with us. Here's our work and get in touch. Just have it really straight and simple. But if you are gonna add content to your website, it should be content that is allows you to be repurposed on other channels. And I think you do a fantastic job of this, looking to your LinkedIn or any of your other social, like YouTube, anything like that. You're, you're posting content that gains attraction and it's the con the content that is a video of you walking through the finished home or the f- the home that's being built in process or whatever it is and people love that people love before and afters people love seeing something that's beautiful and as contractors we have to recognize that we're a visual business for our customers they see the transformation visually it's it provides a feeling for them maybe but it is a very physical thing and so as a contractor one of the easiest things you can be doing for your website is showing them what it's like to work with you by the results of what you've done so here's the before here's the after maybe you get a quote from the customer or something like that on the project but make sure you're getting professional photos done if you want to do a video walkthrough uh with your phone too that's great but for your website it should be professional now on the social media side it doesn't have to be professional it can be your iphone but you have the professional that you can then use on social media as well so now when i come to your website I look at you, you've got messaging that it sounds so great. It's exactly what I've been dealing with. You sound like the perfect guide. I can see all this work that you've done too and it looks really sharp. It's professionally done. And then I know exactly how to take action with you. It's really clear. I can fill out this form or I can call this number and this is who I'm gonna to talk to and this is what the process is that we're gonna go through. But if I have any reservations, I'm like, well, let me check them out on social media. Now I see they're doing the exact, they have all those jobs that are on the website. I'm getting to see them doing the walkthrough, you know, 30 days in, 60 days in, 90 days in. And it looks fantastic. And people are liking it and commenting. And there's some traction there. Wow. Okay. I'm going to fill out that form or I'm going to give them a call. So end of the day, make sure that you are providing a, a really clean website that is mobile responsive, all those things. Make sure that your content on your website is very professional. More than anything you don't need a ton of it you don't need 20 projects on there have three great projects that you got professionally photographed and then have a really clear call to action with a a plan in place of how they can work with you um and then link out to your social medias and that's where you can do more of the day-to-day stuff if you want as well so that's just kind of in a nutshell of how i would create a website that converts um and it doesn't have to have all this all the content in the world on it save that for social media where people actually spend time
0: That it's just so valuable, I think, you know, especially as things evolved, um, have evolved, especially with social media, Twitch or St. Khalil. I mean, the call to action, the guide, you're really setting that up on the website, the professionalism, you know, I think something that's really important, the mobile response that I know early on, and that's something I'm actually reworking our website right now. That's a big part of it because, you know, a lot of us may look at the website as how it's viewed on a desktop or a laptop, but the reality is. Ninety percent of us are on Oh, it's all on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. So speak to just how how important that is to make sure that there is that call to action, make sure that it's clear and concise. And especially you mentioned the photos, maybe less video so it loads quicker. You know, how how all that plays a role just in having a very efficient site?
1: Yeah, I mean I've talked to people all the time that are like, Oh, we want this video on there, we want it playing in the background. And that's I mean, hey, that can work. It's fine but ultimately you're going for something that's going to load fast. Something that's going to be a really quick, easy experience. If you think about it, most people that visit your website are, are probably coming from somewhere else. They're not typing in unless you're a really strong company that people know about and you're a brand name that people recognize, but that's not most contractors for most contractors. Someone's clicking a link to go to your site. Maybe it's from a text message. Maybe it's from a social ad. Maybe it's a social post. Maybe it's in an email. But someone's almost always going to click a link and go go to you, um, or m- maybe you do show up on the search. So something that you know you, you don't think about all of these social media companies—Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever it is that you're on—they all have their own browser. You wouldn't really recognize it unless you were paying attention. But they all have their own browser that they because they want to know what you're doing when you click the link. If you're leaving LinkedIn, they want to know. Okay, well, they left LinkedIn, what do they do? And so that it pops up the browser inside of LinkedIn and goes to the website. Well, every browser is different. And uh, you know, Facebook's browser is different than LinkedIn's, than Twitter's, et cetera, et cetera. You need to actually check the responsiveness in all of those browsers, not, not just the, the Safari that they use on their iPhone or the Chrome they use on their Android, but all of those different ones, because a lot of times you've, you've adjusted the responsiveness for mobile and it looks great whenever you're in Chrome, but then everyone's pulling up your page from Facebook and it actually looks really wonky (laughs) and now they don't wanna work with you. So you gotta think about some of those things. Ultimately, just think about the user experience. Think about what your customer is doing and then walk through those processes. Okay, they're clicking on my page from Facebook. What does this look like? Can they actually fill out the form pretty easily or does that look weird? Um, Go through that process and then if you're realizing, oh man, it's loading slow. Well, why is it loading slow? Oh, it's cause we've got, you know, three videos that are playing in the background on this one page that we're driving people to. Um, no one's converting, no one's filling out this form. Well, why not? We'll walk through it yourself. Oh, it's cause it's all the way at the bottom of this page. And this page is really, really long. <laughs> They're just not even seeing it, right? I've lost them because they've just had to scroll too much. So those are all little examples, but at the end of the day, think about the user experience. And just see what you know. What would someone have to go through to actually work with me, and that'll help you optimize a little bit better.
0: Oh, it's such good advice. And you know the backlinking stuff, and that's why you need expert such yourself, Glue. I mean, you need someone on there that understands not just the branding but the formality of it. Yeah. you know, from the podcast side. There, there's a big commitment for you. I mean, you have a ton of expertise. You have, you, you know, with Benali that you're doing. Um, what, why the flow contractor? Why did, you know, you and Martin Holland decide to do this and, and take this investment out of your, out of your time?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things, you know, for my business, uh, this is, a, you know, conversations are essentially the, uh, the before and afters for our business, for my business, right? So for, you know a contractor for what they do every single day they should be taking photos of it and then showcasing that work well conversations are the exact same thing for me i'm talking to businesses every single day and i'm helping them through real problems and that is my before and after and so what better way to do the before and after than on a podcast where we can talk i can have the same exact conversations that are recorded day in and day out that can then be you know distributed throughout the world on social media and every other platform. It's crazy that we can do that. The technology is here today, but it's just, it's amazing. But now whenever I'm, you know, dealing with a potential client and uh, they're dealing with this problem, I can consult them for that 15 minutes, but then my follow up, I can send them the three podcast episodes that we did to cover that same topic. And now they get to it, one, it helps them. And that's the most important thing that someone's actually getting sound advice and that they're able to, hopefully move forward in a, a a really meaningful way. Um, so I enjoy having that impact, but if they still are struggling and they still need some help and they want someone to walk them through it, they know how to get in touch with it now. And they have a little bit more trust in me because they've heard my conversations just like someone's got a little more trust in you as a contractor. If they see the before and afters and even the during on social media. So, um, really wanting to be helpful, Uh, it's, it's great not having to jump on consultations for two hours with people because I can send them content. Um, and I get to help more people, people that I would never work with that are. In foreign countries that can't afford me or whatever it is. Um, but then also it's, it's a really fun thing too. I enjoy having these conversations. I'm always learning having guests on just like yourself. It's fascinating and growing your network. It's great.
0: Yeah, I would agree on all those things. I think the conversation, you know, there's something about, I mean, Khalil, you and I have never met in person. I have you on for an hour. I leave and I'm like, you know, there, there's so many valuable things and not that not only I learn and implement in my business and, you know, but moving forward, you know, the trusted source, you know, and especially the information you're putting out there, you know, there's a bond that's happened in that communication, you know, as you're on with yeah. someone and, and, and to your point, you know, marketing, there's a lot of benefits there. Um, with all the time commitments you have, the consulting, the business, the podcast, um, yeah. free time stuff. So what do you do for fun?
1: Oh man. Well, I've got a young family. Uh, not as, I'm not at your level. I think you've got six kids. <laughs> is that right?
0: Yeah. That's impressive. You knew we're, that, but.
1: Yeah. We're, we're still, we're still getting started. Um, we've got a two-year-old daughter and then, uh, hopefully more coming. So we're trying right now. And, um, yeah, we just, we just got back from spending a month in Morocco. That's where my family's from. Awesome. So that was a really, uh, really great trip. My daughter's first time to go. And that's where my father lives and got to see him. So, um, but yeah, I coach soccer in the Springs, uh, in the evenings. That's something that I really love to do. Play, uh, collegiate soccer and, um, still get on the field every once in a while to play, but mainly, (laughs) mainly do it as a coach now. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I love to cycle, run, stay fit. Uh, played pickleball last night i don't know if you've gotten oh to yeah
0: that's uh, a huge man. thing here in phoenix i'm building them all the time
1: yeah it's it's fun man uh, always enjoy it it's packed too like it's funny enough the place i just went to they got rid of all of their tennis courts and just yeah, put pickleball in. it's yeah. crazy i'd be upset if i i mean i play tennis too actually every friday but uh yeah i'd be upset if i was a real tennis player that could actually do some damage and <laughs> they took away my court Anyways, that's, that's a little bit about me. I, I, uh, I enjoy having fun. I, you know, little, little thing I do. I, I host another podcast. That's just me. It's called let's go for a walk. Where I just kind of talk about life lessons. Um, and I am literally on a walk. So you hear cars and birds <laughs> and dogs and lawnmowers, but, uh, just talk about life lessons I'm learning. And, uh, the goal for that is really, you know, a way to document conversations and maybe share with my family. Um, you know, I, I I'm only going to be in this season of life once. yeah. Um, And so I want to be able to document that. And then, you know, my daughter can listen to that in 15 years maybe. And whoa, dad was dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with? Whatever. So,
0: yeah. Well, wise beyond your years. There's definitely a legacy you're leaving, you know, for the rest of us. And we can't thank you enough for that. And for those listening, um, upcoming and exciting, you know, and and where can they find you?
1: Yeah. So, uh, upcoming... Um, man, we're, we're just working on more productized services for, for contractors, things that are a little bit more accessible, um, trying to build out a library of content that. You know, contractors can do it yourself with, um, if you wanted to build a website, if you wanted to run a social media campaign or whatever, something you can go and do yourself, um, then more of like a premium content model as well, where you can maybe take a course on it, um, and really become more of an expert in one of those things, uh, to then do it for your, your company. Uh, maybe even train an employee on. And then we'll still have what we currently do is more that done-for-you service uh, in setting up your messaging, um, identifying uh, what channels you want to be working on as a company to to drive business and to market your company, Um, going in and creating a website, going in and implementing a CRM or any other software inside your company. Um, That's kind of what we do. You can find us at benali.com, B-N-A-L-I.com. Um, You'll see our primary offering there is a a growth foundation for your business online. Um, And then you can find us on the cashflowcontractor.com or just search cashflow contractor on wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, and you'll find us there.
0: Well, Khalil, you've been amazing. Thanks for um, sharing everything you did today. We'll make sure I have those links uh, in our show notes here and uh, appreciate you.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate you.
0: Thanks. If you give value from the show, please support us by giving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And I also have a favor to ask. We've had some incredible guests that come on and share their wisdom, their knowledge about their business. So if you have friends or family members that could benefit from those episodes, please share it with them. As well as any other business owners that you're networking with that could get value from the podcast or certain episodes, please share those as well. Again, subscribe, make sure you're following any questions that you have, topics. We've had uh, listeners reach out about certain guests that we should have on the show. Again, brad.l at aftconstruction.com. Email me for topics to address, guests that we should have on, and even if you think you'd be a great guest for the show. So again, thank you for all your support, and we'll see you next time.